You're listening to Once, episode 22, Red-Handed. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Dan Flynn. And I'm Jenny. And we are so happy to have you listening to us. And thank you so much, everybody, for the very kind iTunes reviews. You can get to our iTunes link very easily by going to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. There have been some great reviews in there left by several people. And if you'd like to be one of those great reviewers people, too, You can leave some comments for us over there. And our website is oncepodcast.com, where everything is over there. Contact information, forums, show notes, everything. We're talking about this episode of Red Handed. We had our initial initial reactions episode. I need to enunciate some more. I wasn't there. Yeah, and you were missed. But it was the show, and we we re-watched it tonight. (laughs) awesome episode and i'm hearing that from a lot of the community members too is best episode ever favorite episode i actually did get one piece of feedback though from uh, someone who didn't like this episode or a couple people who didn't like this episode that it was a, a guy named david said that he loved the episode but he had some problems with it the actor who played peter was so wooden he hated that the end that in the end Ruby went back to the diner. David wanted Ruby to become Emma's deputy. And so did I. <laughs> yeah, I did too. <laughs> that would have been cool. Peter did a great job acting dead. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was fine. I didn't really understand the wooden comment, honestly. I'm and, glad he died because I didn't really care oh. for him too much. And Amy, <laughs> um, who is a listener that I actually kind of saw at the shopping store the other day shopping store. shopping store <laughs> grocery store she mentioned that she just felt like ruby was so out of character in this episode that she didn't uh like how it was kind of back and forth and didn't quite fit but the story of this episode is what we're here to talk about yeah and there are some awesome things in this first of all in the title screen it was red riding hood for sure this time yeah <laughs> We thought we had seen her before, and it ended up being something else, some other... Wait, you thought figure. the title scene was someone else? You know, in previous episodes, we've seen a hooded character. Oh, right, like the it, dark one. Yeah, it seemed like... Got it. Is that Red Riding Hood? No. I know, we've is been waiting Red for Riding her for Hood? so long. Yeah, we finally got to see her. And what an awesome episode this was. And we shared a lot of our initial thoughts in the community is just talking about a whole lot of stuff. So we this might still be more of a deeper discussion about a few of the major points from this episode. And if there's anything we skip over, just, you know, send us feedback or we'll try and talk about some of it here. But in the beginning, there was that nice little hint from Peter saying, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll, and he was cut off, but a nice little nod there to the three little pigs, which makes me wonder, is that all that they're going to do with the three little pigs? I wouldn't be disappointed if that was. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was kind of cool that they used the same wolf for the three little pigs as the same wolf for Little Red Riding Hood, kind of. I was just going to say, I hope they don't do like 
a cross between Storybrooke and Fairytale Land, so someone has to play the Three Little Pigs because that might be another dreamy episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I hope not. <laughs> it could be that they're focusing primarily on the characters or on the stories that involve human characters. Yeah, I would hope with, so, with the exception of Jiminy Cricket. Right. Honestly, when the episode started and he said that, I thought that they weren't going to have a real wolf at all. But he, I thought Peter was going to be a bad guy and represent sort of a wolf yeah. in Red's life. But I could not have been more wrong. <laughs> I, I like how they worked with it. And like we said in the initial reactions, so many ways, I think they led us on to think that different people were the wolf in this episode. And I think that was cool because it was like, oh, he is. No, he is. No, he is. No, he is. And then she is. She is? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have a friend who hated the last episode but loved this one. And he figured out that she was the wolf before they revealed it at the end of the episode. Wow. Good job on her. Wow. And also, the little nod to Peter and the wolf was nice. But Peter and the wolf wasn't actually a traditional fairy tale. It was a 1936 uh, musical in, for children to learn about music. So it wasn't... Really? An, uh, yeah. But the boy who cried wolf is what that story was based on, isn't it? Mm, I or am I, don't I know about confusing that. things. I didn't see that in what I was researching about Peter and the oh, wolf. Okay. But maybe that was just their little nod to that because it's kind of like a musical or kind of like a fairy tale, <laughs> but it's more modern fairy tale, which I guess you can have modern fairy tales. Side note, I'm glad Once Upon a Time isn't a musical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad a lot of things aren't musicals. <laughs> so let's go through like this podcast <laughs> as things stood out to us. Let's focus on the fairy tale land, which we've already been doing. And in Granny's cabin there at the beginning, there was that spot where it was interesting that we we didn't catch this the first time watching it through why that was that Granny called Red into the room and she's just so insistent, Red, come here, Red, when these guys are at the door. And now it's obvious because Red is the wolf and Granny wanted her there. Yeah, it. I found it interesting how different it was rewatching this episode versus watching it the first time, which isn't always the case with this show. But in a way, it was it was similar to Lost or other things that have kind of a big reveal that maybe you did, maybe you didn't suspect at the end. Watching it a second time, yes. knowing that Red is the werewolf, brings out things that were just they raised questions in your mind during the first time through, but upon rewatching it just, everything was in a whole different light. It was like watching it from a completely different angle. Is yeah. this your second time watching it? Yes. Okay. It was my third actually. Yeah, so. my, <laughs> my third too. Usually I watch these at least three times before we record. We have no life people. <laughs> I well, mean, you are, our fans are our life. That's what I meant by wow. that. <laughs> we have a fairy tale life. <laughs> but I like what Tasty Cakes wrote in. And by the way, reason the name is Tasty Cakes is because he works with bread and bakery stuff. That's why I can't remember. <laughs> name PETA? He posted somewhere in the forums explaining where he got the name Tasty Cakes or why he's using that. But uh, Tasty Cakes wrote in saying, hey guys. It just hit me. The reason Granny called Red into the room when the hunters were at the door was to make sure she, Red, was still in the house. Mm -hmm. 
Initially, I was confused, just as Red was, asking myself, why did Granny call her into the room? I thought I thought it was just because she was, like, control. I know. <laughs> it wow. took me the second time to figure that out. After all, it wasn't as if Granny was asking her if she wanted to go, and in all actuality, Granny forbid her to go. But it makes perfect sense now. Granny was ensuring the safety of her granddaughter by keeping the hunting party at the door and calling out to Red to make sure she was safe inside the house with the cloak on before she left the hunting, let the hunting party proceed on their way. I just love it when I have an epiphany. That's all for now. Keep up the good work. Regards, Tasty Cakes. Thank Who's you. a girl? Tasty oh. Cakes is a girl. I was wondering. <laughs> Feels so much better now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just mixing up my genders tonight. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> Moving on. Why did the hunting party come to the door? I just realized I'm not really, un- I don't really know that I understand why they bothered to knock on Granny's door. Yeah. <laughs> do you see how Granny carried that crossbow and stuff? They trying to get her on the side <laughs> to fight the They're wolf. They're probably like, Granny, would you would you lead this expedition? <laughs> We're kind of scared. Yeah, there there are probably two reasons that they could have gone to a door. One is that they were just going door to door or house to house looking for people to help with uh, the hunting party and join the hunting party. Because after all, they pulled the whole town together to talk about how to address the wolf. So maybe mm-hmm. they were going house to house. The other reason is maybe they remembered that she had experience with the wolf before. Maybe. And they wanted to ask her to help. Doxon in the chat room suggested that maybe they tracked the prince to the cabin as well. Hmm. Someone in the forums, I think it was, had questioned that. Or it might have been Amy in her long email. (laughs) That why didn't they track this? Well, I think it's because kind of like red pointed out the hunters were taking the wrong approach to finding the wolf they were going out at night maybe trying to trap the wolf i'm guessing yeah or go where like near sheep and such to try and trap the wolf but it it seems like red was the first one to get the idea of hey let's track it instead of just wait for it Mm -hmm. i think it's interesting too that jeremy told me that he just didn't really think of the wolf as being a werewolf. Uh, well, werewolf-ish. Um, which is just what I always thought from the very beginning. Like, oh, wolf is a werewolf because everyone's been a mm-hmm. human if they've played a part as a, you know, animal or, or cricket. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that I just assumed it from the start and it could have been different ways. And it's probably why I missed it being red too because I just assumed it was a guy as a werewolf. <laughs> Yeah, well, every version of the story up until now has been read against the wolf. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess this was too, but... <laughs> which makes <laughs> you know me what wonder, mean? what does Henry's book say? Does Henry know she was once a wolf? Yeah, because... I think he must. He talked about it in Storybrooke, and she said that, you know, she couldn't see Red being that cool or strong or something like that. I'm like, that's not what I got from my little Red Riding Hood story <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, he, Henry had said something like... like she doesn't know what she's capable yes, of. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, well, I, I was going to say this later on, but since we're on the topic, I was thinking like maybe she's become sort of the way Gran- Granny has, at least in this current state, where she doesn't turn into the wolf, but she suppressed the wolf's power. Yeah, hmm. maybe. I just thought that was a statement referencing a lot of the other things we've seen her do. The tracking, the fighting, protecting, that sort of thing. After that first night, 
then when Red woke up and then came out of her room, she wasn't wearing the cloak then. Yeah. Oh, I just had a thought. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I I just had a thought. You remember whenever um, we see Red or, yeah, Red coming to see if Snow was in her spot whenever, well, what's the princess? Charming. Whenever Charming comes to see if she's there. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And and we were like, how did she know that that she wasn't there? Because she had just walked up. Um, Maybe she could hear that she wasn't there. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. I, I wonder, just had that thought. <laughs> I wonder how long they've been planning for Red to be the wolf. Where's Snow White? Not around here. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing, too, that we sort of missed at the very beginning when the hunting party came to the door. I thought it was cool when Granny says, you know Red repels wolves. And she's like, well, they're not wearing red. And she's like, they're fools. <laughs> I'm glad that the cloak is to prevent her from turning to the wolf and not that it just repels wolves, like red, re- re- you know, red repels bulls type of thing. And yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's really corny if that's really why she's worn this cloak. But I like how they actually gave it a purpose. Yeah. Actually, red attracts bulls. Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Well, no, they... They're- yeah, it's the motion of the... We're getting an off topic. Yeah, but okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bull fighting? How do we get there? <laughs> Wolf fighting. Right. Musical. But <laughs> Snow White comes into the scene as a thief. And throughout this episode, did you notice how clueless Snow White is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they both seemed very much more innocent, naive. They seemed like much younger girls than yeah. what we've seen at other times. And when... They're talking together in uh, Ruby's like quarters or whatever. She's, uh, Ruby says, um, you know, asks, do you have someone? And she says, um, basically, like, she's like, no, I don't. Not in my future. The idea, like, okay, this is after she took the potion, I'm guessing, and doesn't have any recollection of uh, her Prince Charming. I don't know about that. Mm, no. What? She, no. I think she was just starting out. I this, think she was just yeah. starting out on her own because she was hiding in somebody's hen house. She was scared of wolves. She wasn't even all leathered up yet. Yeah, right. that's true. She so had you, that ugly cape. So you think <laughs> this is right after she left him in no. the castle? Or this is before she's even Be- she's yeah. escaped? She just, yeah. she just ran off. She just escaped from the huntsman, I think. And she's trying to make it out there. She hasn't met the dwarves yet, I think. Because in both of the that's right fairy tale episodes that focused on Snow White, she's like this this hunter, huntress. yeah, this huntress <laughs> out there. She's great with traps. She's great in the woods, and she knows how to make her own way and make her life there in the woods. And she's not so little girlish, yeah, which she was in this. Like when she was tracking, she was like, "How about this?" You know, that's a dog. How about these? There's a rabbit footprints. Yeah. yeah. She she was acting a lot like Mary Margaret is acting. Right. I thought I the same thing. I loved when she called herself. Like, you can call me Margaret. No, no, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> and like the A. Like, not a lot. <laughs> like, well, Mary Margaret showed up. Yeah, it was so funny. And I thought the idea of her calling, like, you can call me Frosty. The whole <laughs> her being snow, is, that was pretty clever. You guys talked about that when I was gone, but... <laughs> So then uh, the the whole death scene that we saw, the men, the soldiers, or the hunting party was completely killed, which, by the way, 
It was very detailed. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was just going to say that's quite gory for TV because it was especially of blood with chunks in it. Well, there were some great limb dismemberment that's, effects going on. there. That's what I noticed when rewatching it in 720p in HD resolution. <laughs> I noticed that you can see there are limbs and also like and limb less. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it was it was a chilling scene, but I have a question. Yes, how did the blood get in the well? Did the wolf really? And really, I mean, Red just kind of be like, "Okay, I've taken care of all these people that were hunting me. Now I'm going to ring them out over the well and fling their bodies how back into the snow." Know Maybe that somebody... someone got attacked. Yes, you're you going to say Maybe like somebody's got head got flung into oh, the well. Somebody's in the well. Yeah, that's Which, what I that's gross. What bugged me was why are all wells in movies so shallow except for lost that had a really deep one well, but like every other one yeah. has been like it's it was like 20 feet 10 feet you're not gonna find clean water on a hill that could be true but we really most of us don't want to have another oh that was the conversation they had for five minutes while they were pulling up the bucket from the well i now, remember that. unless there was like you know 300 men that stuffed in the bottom of the well so the bucket didn't go all the way down Ooh. <laughs> You know, I bet there was somebody in that well because it was hard for the girls to get the bucket up. I like this conversation. In the town meeting, that's when Granny then gives her very vivid description of her encounter with the wolf. Nearly three score years ago, I was a child with six older brothers, big as oak trees, all of them veterans of the Second Ogre's War. And my father? First of all, Second Ogre's War. Indeed. So this then just totally confirms what was said off the episode by Jaina Spenson, who, by the way, also wrote this episode. She had said there had been multiple Ogre's Wars. So this is, Granny is saying her uh, her brothers were veterans from mm-hmm. the Second Ogre's Wars. So and Oddly enough, they're running the word all together, like Ogre's War. Like yeah. One word. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's odd. But interesting. So we know there have been at least two uh, before the curse. There might have been three, but at least two, because she said her when she was a kid that her uh, brothers were veterans from this. So there could have been a third Ogre's War after this. And actually, there would have been at least a third, because Bell happens later when Bell's town or village the whole kingdom was being attacked it was the ogre's war was approaching so this was probably the third ogre's war oh i see yeah most likely those ogres just like to make war yeah i I mean somebody's gotta do something about them i'm thinking of shrek and how nasty he is (laughs) (laughs) so granny continues the biggest of them all come one wolf's time he decided to go out and take on the wolf a different wolf back then of course but just as fearsome multiple wolves i didn't catch this even the the second time watching this that she said a different wolf back then and wolf's Mm -hmm. time everybody just knows is familiar with this phrase wolf's time yeah so my question was is that any full moon or is that just some time that they know and they seem to know okay it's got two more days once a month I, th- yeah. right. I think they said it was once a month right. during the full moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they so they know 
when it's Wolf's time. And apparently this happens every month. Mm. When my father died, I tumbled from the roof and I landed in the blood in front of the wolf. I felt its breath on my face and it clamped its hot jaw on my arm and I moved away. She's kind of tense, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. And she rolled away. Is that I what was going to say I don't really understand that wrap up to the scene. And I rolled away. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, oh, did that you was... know? I, why didn't Why didn't all those well, guys big as well, oak trees roll away? I, I thought it was weird how she like she said and let me walk away, and then the wolf walked away. And if someone walks away, I'm like, stop saying walk away. Well, I didn't fully follow the story. I admit. that was her point is that mm. she just simply rolled away. That the wolf didn't kill her like it had everyone else. Yeah. And then I that's guess. why she's saying, and the wolf just walked away. What wolf does that? That's what I would she's... say we know why now, except that if the wolf is capable of recognizing loved ones, might not kill all your sons, and Red might not have eaten her boyfriend. And I don't really get why the wolf left her alone. Well, here's the thing, is that... Later on, and we have to skip forward like this in order to adjust this point. Later on, when Snow and Granny are going after Red, they uh, I don't get they this record either. The conversation between Granny and Snow, and Granny says that the wolf had bitten her, it marked her. That's what she said, and that the wolf then came back for her and turned her. I don't get it. So was I she? Don't get it. And they're, they're bringing up a good question in the chat room. Was she married to him at the time? No, she said that the, that wolf was her grandfather. Oh, was, no, I was she said Red's. Red's grandfather. Oh, right, Red's, Red's grandfather. Yeah. So that was her okay, father. Okay, so that's why I thought that. No, her husband. Her husband. Because she's Granny, Red's grandmother. Yeah, and oh, Granny's right. daughter was Red's mother, and Granny's daughter was also a wolf. She said that was uh-huh. also uh, one of these wolf things. And was killed by hunters. I don't get it because because Red didn't know she was a wolf. But how does the wolf know or recognize anybody else? Because wouldn't the wolf Red Riding Hood becomes recognize Peter? And oh, you're saying him? how basically if the wolf, when he turned granny, if... He he knew who she was yeah. type of way. How like did he Red know? never figured yep. out who people were when she was yeah. a wolf. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Hmm. If he left her alone because of recognition, then she Red should have recognized Peter. Yeah, could have been. It could have been that that original wolf was more powerful in some way and had better control of the senses. Hmm. Whereas, like, well, Granny, either the senses wore off, or or the the wolf like powers wore off, or she developed the strength to overcome them. Hmm. Hmm. So it's it's a family thing. And in the chat rooms or in the forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums, they've been theorizing on this. And several have brought it up that maybe Red still has these powers in Storybrooke because the wolf thing is not actually a curse. It's hereditary. It's with the genetics. And that's actually, someone had linked to a Wikipedia article about werewolf things. And it's generally said, basically, that werewolf-like things are uh, 
like an infection or it's it's actually biological it's not just a magical curse it's like a biological thing so mm. maybe that's the way that they're sticking with this so mm, but then she should still be turning into a wolf but or what you think she is in storybrook she's always wearing red well but maybe it's in not storybrook the red cloak. really does it's not the cloak uh, that's true. Well, I I think she still has the senses of the wolf. I don't think yeah. she can change into the wolf in Storybook. Maybe she's like the Hulk and she can just turn, like, choose to change at whatever point. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. don't make her mad. You know, maybe she's just avoiding that altogether because she's afraid of, you know, what she's capable of, as we saw in the episode of Storybook. I think, I think she's just scared to go there. By the way, um, we don't know who Ruby's father is. So there could be another wolf-like person or wolf-powered person in Storybook. (laughs) Yes, wolf-powered. I don't know if we're going to be introduced to him or if they're just going to, you know, leave him out of the story. But they could always bring him in and have another person that might be able to be able to choose to turn into a wolf, possibly. And then Red has to kill her father to defend Storybrooke. Or maybe it was a regular person (laughs) because Granny had thought and hoped that red didn't have it so she must have had a reason to think that red might not have had the same genes wait she thought you mean like it, during she the said whole time it was, or before when she was as younger? a child yeah okay. she was younger it's like it how does she not showing. realize that red's not there and then she is and everyone's dead <laughs> it didn't start showing up until right. later on i think she was just hoping i don't think she was huh i don't i don't think she like thought that there was a chance that red could not be a werewolf i think she was just hoping yeah there's a good scene when mary and um granny are walking into the woods to find red i mean snow snow what did i say mary although at that oh, time yes, mary works. she went by that she but... was mary at the time yes snow and uh and granny and then basically um granny says i'm a fool and cost too many lies but snow says but you didn't mean to that's what counts and she says is it and I liked that because it really shows how much regret she's fighting in her mind right now of whether or not she should have told Red when she was younger to to prevent you yeah. know, these people's deaths. Yeah, I liked the growth in the character, the recognition and admission that she made a big mistake. Uh, but Red also had said that uh, she... Her exact line was, when there's something I want, I'm good at tracking it down. And I think that comes into play somewhat in Storybook, too, that we're seeing her being able to track things down. And in Fairytale Land, she didn't know how she had this ability to track people or track something that she wanted. But in Storybook, then she's got this ability, at least in some sense, she's got the hearing ability. And we'll talk more about Storybrooke in a moment. But Snow said something interesting to Red. And it could be very easy to take this out of context. But when they were talking about hunting the wolf and maybe saving or killing the wolf, then Snow said, You think I can save him? I think you can save everyone. Save everyone. Now, maybe that's just general statement referring to the villagers. Yeah, it is. You're wrong. Or <laughs> I'm just kidding. Might, no. might just the kidding. writers have put that in because Red does have a special ability that maybe 
Regina doesn't know about. Hmm. I'd never thought of that. I thought she was just talking about the villagers as well as Peter. She's going to smell Regina coming at some point. This can't be important. <laughs> I really hope someone beats Regina soon because she made me so <laughs> mad during this episode. I hate it when she's like, she well, scene. you covered this room. Uh, <laughs> oh, my word. Regina. <laughs> I think it was a little too convenient that Peter just so happened to have chains in his. Well, I thought pack. that actually. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's what hey, I I've thought. I'm like, right here. why does he have chains? And then I realized, okay, Tracker. he was with the hunting party and he was planning on going after the, wo- the, the wolf. So he was prepared with a backpack full of wolf, oh. you know, survival kit. Wolf catching stuff. <laughs> That's a good point. It yeah. took me to the third episode to realize, oh, okay, that makes more sense. By the way, I was wondering at the end of the episode in um, Fairy Talent, how does the hunting party expect to catch this wolf making so much noise? <laughs> well, they were all yelling like "Rah, let's get the wolf!" Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> you think about it. <laughs> Granny was saying, "Shh, we're going downwind. We're, uh, you know, the wolf won't be able to smell us from here." I'm thinking, Granny, if you keep opening your mouth and talking that loud, the wolf's going to hear you. <laughs> so remember that. I do remember, but she wasn't really red. talking very. She wasn't talking very loudly. Mm-hmm. The villagers were being a lot louder than she yeah, was. Yeah, that's true. And the wolf was being quite noisy, eating up. That was so sad. <laughs> All that was left of him was his foot. So when when Red is changed back and she and Snow run, then what does Granny stay back to do? I don't know. I don't know. Crossbow time. Try to explain it away. Maybe Throw she... the hunting party off the trail. Mm, that's a good idea. Kill everybody. Turn the wolf into a went wolf. that no, way. I'm no, I'm, t- I'm kidding because she would have been a wolf without. Well, okay, unless she learned to control it. Maybe that's, you think she turned into a wolf and ran away. That's, I think that's a legit. No, not ran away, but I think I don't it's think a. She l- killed her. Oh wait, I like that theory better. Let me let me finish first. What <laughs> I was going on a murderer. Just to, I want to take credit for this. Let me see first. <laughs> I don't I, even know what it is yet, but go ahead. What I was going to say is that maybe she stayed back, turned into a wolf, and then killed the hunters so that they would stop hunting snow. Or what you said about run away made me think that maybe she turned into a wolf and uh, lured the hunters away so that Red and Snow could get away safely. That's Hmm. Yeah, I think she might have turned into the wolf and ran away. I'm going to blow a hole in your theory. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh. She, the only thing she has left is her ability to smell like That's a wolf. That's what she claims. That's what she said. I think she was telling the truth. I was just going to say, I'm yeah. inclined to believe her. It didn't seem, it didn't have an air of. <clears throat> Wait a minute any, now. Of being all that complex. Well, they were being so just... truthful with each other. What like if... She was being very honest with, with Snow and. I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Because <laughs> I talk too much. <laughs> Basically, I was thinking, Granny stays behind. We know that Snow owes Red a favor. So what if Snow takes Red away, Granny gets put in, in chains because they think she's up to something and she knows something that they're not telling. And then Snow helps Red save Granny and that's the favor that Red owes Snow. Oh, that's a good idea. I like that. I I think that that was the favor. I think that was the favor that she was referring to. 
helping her get away from or all those people or maybe something like protecting her oh, snow isn't a protector yet she doesn't know how yeah. to do that i think well, the whole I'll, i helped you when no one else would thing is going to be a little bit more like there has to be a chance for other people to help her but reject her maybe because of what they know about her well i think that's what happened in this episode i think that's what happened like snow knowing full well what what um red was she helped her escape instead of you know giving her into the hands of all those angry people with torches and stuff or letting them find her you know they could have just as easily said we just got here and oh no something happened to peter (laughs) and like oh Yeah. yeah we're all here together they didn't necessarily have to run I'd run no matter what if someone told me I didn't have to. You mean right after like the hunting party the was coming? Yeah. And yeah. Well, the funny thing is that it doesn't seem like the villagers know that it's a werewolf. So I don't really know why they ran. Mm. They never called it a werewolf. They called it uh-huh. Wolf's Man. Huh? They did? Yeah. What? Wolf's Man. Huh. Uh, someone had called it that. I missed that, I guess. I missed it, too. I kind of... Unless they just don't know that it can be passed on. I'm not sure that Granny would have admitted that she'd been bitten if they know. Yeah, that's true. Well, right, yeah. Are you sure they weren't saying... Wolf's time? Wolf's bane? No, I'm saying either Red or, or Granny or Snow, one of them who knew that the wolf could change, referred to it, never used the term werewolf. They said wolf man or wolf's man. You, well, mean, a couple times. you mean like when they found the boot prints yeah. with the claws? Yeah. I was going to say they had to have found that at some point. You know, the claws turned into boots, that I would think. Certainly. They've been going about trying to find the wolf all For the wrong years. ways. <laughs> They're dumb. And this young girl... <laughs> they're gonna kill the wolf think of thinks of going after the wolf in in daylight and all these men like village people hadn't thought of that I i'm so hilarious. glad that that snow and ruby or snow and red didn't you know trolley along through the forest singing who's afraid of the big bag wolf or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh. So now let's transition over to talking about Storybrooke, unless there are any other things in Fairytale Land. I was going to point out real quick something that Jeremy and I both actually discovered was I thought it was pretty funny when Granny looks at Snow and she's like, oh, and Snow's in bed, but the cape, um, the cloak, she's like, get up, Red. Where's, you know, where's Mary? Whatever. And she gives her like four insults in a row and says, like, <laughs> you stupidest. Stupid, careless, ridiculous girl. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, calls her a girl instead of a woman and all these insults and totally yeah. like, yeah. I yeah she emphasized funny. girl along with all the other words. It was hilarious. <laughs> and I was thinking, yeah, they, they were kind of acting like little girls. Kind of. Except, you know, going after a wolf is kind of, kind of awesome. One of those things Ruby isn't aware she's capable of. But I definitely liked how they, they kept Granny being a protective grandmother at the same time being pretty cool and defensive and she, you know, she can support herself. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also a theory in the forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums that maybe granny actually allowed red to go out and eat like sheep or something, because she did tell the hunters at the beginning, she said, let it eat a few more sheep. Mm. Wolf's time is only 
two more days, let it eat a few more sheeps, and let there not be any more bloodshed. Well, I think she was probably just trying to make them calm down because she tried to get Red to wear the cloak all the time. Yeah. So she didn't really want her to be a wolf at all. But, yeah. I, yeah. I agree with that theory. Yeah. I don't think she actually like, left loose the dog at night. It's odd, too. It's like, <laughs> did, they, did this happen every month? Or were there certain times when she didn't wear the cloak? But overall, I really like the way they put everything together through it. So moving on then to Storybrooke, it starts out in Emma's office, and Emma had a mug that said, I heart Boston. Seriously? That she was oh, drinking I that. from. I did too. <laughs> oh, Boston. And she's having this conversation with David. And later on, we learn that this conversation is the last thing David remembered before he blanked out. So after we heard that in the episode, I went back and rewatched that conversation a couple times, and Emma told David, go home. It's not the very last thing she said, but it's one of the last things she said. Yeah, get a is, lawyer was the last yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, go home. And I wonder if her saying go home actually made David flip back to James or kind of then start having these conflicting personalities. Mm-hmm. But then she did say, and David get a lawyer. So she mm-hmm. referred to him as David and he responded to that. So I think something just I, happened when he walked out. Yeah. That's definitely an unanswered question in this episode. What what the heck was David doing out in the out in the woods? And what was Mary Margaret doing out there? I know she claims to be looking for Catherine, but why was she out there? You know, when she stumbled across she, David, she probably feels responsible in some way. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Watching it again, I thought there was something suspicious about why she was in the the woods by herself. Hmm. I sort of thought maybe like we haven't seen. Regina too much and we haven't seen Rumpelstiltskin at all and Mr. Gold so I'm wondering if Mr. Gold who we know knows who he is so he maybe has power put some type of curse on David to keep him from I don't know for him to try to find Catherine just to try to um, stop Regina from gaining control of this whole situation Mm. well we'll talk more about that in a moment as we get close toward the end of the episode but back in that scene in Emma's office she, we got to see Emma using her power again. I'm pretty good at spotting a liar. And honestly, liars have better material. So she knew David wasn't lying, but then that's called into question when David later realizes he's blacking out. So maybe he truly isn't lying, but then we discover it's, it's not David's prints on that box. And we'll talk more about the box in a moment. But a couple key things were mentioned in that early diner scene, just after the wolf howl outside, then it goes into the diner scene. First of all, (laughs) Ruby confirms that she's never been out of Storybrooke. Yeah. And she knows that. Yeah. She's never seen lemurs. There there have been some (laughs) theories that Ruby had, or it seemed like she did say she spent some time in Boston, but she just said to the stranger that she's never been out of Storybrooke. Right. And then August says, talks about Nepal, and, well, I'll just play this clip. Nepal, best people. They have these prayer temples carved into mountains that are overrun with lemurs. What's a lemur? They're little animals, you know? And they have these eyes that reflect light, so at night, it looks like they glow. I like that little transition with the glowing eyes, and I totally thought of wolf. When they said that. (laughs) Hmm. 
I loved I loved um Ruby's curiosity. Like she's so <laughs> funny. And there's is an important key here that had been tweeted that lemurs are some kind of hint toward August. Now an interesting thing is lemurs don't actually live in Nepal. <laughs> so either he was telling a lie or mixing up stories or maybe that deliberate maybe that misplacement was deliberate because I think it was Jana Spenson had tweeted saying that the lemurs are uh, a clue to August's personality. We got a great email in from Oh, I I I didn't copy who this is from. Um, Jeremy, were you going to read this email about August and Pinocchio? It says, oh, it's Nick. It says that right here. (laughs) Hey, guys, Nick here with another theory. This one about how August Booth could actually be Pinocchio. In the pilot, we see Pinocchio as a real boy already. So let's assume for the purposes of this theory that the main events of his traditional fairy tale have already happened by the time the curse is enacted. Here's where this ties together to uh, this episode. In researching my theory, I came across Fables, the comic book series that shares many of the same fairy tale characters in our world, story elements, as Once Upon a Time. The following is an excerpt from the Fables wiki page. His conversion to human form had not cured Pinocchio of his wanderlust, and the boy reportedly left on adventures, often disappearing for years at a time, leaving Geppetto behind to wait in lonely solitude for his return. Nick continues, What did we hear about August this week? Lived a whole year without a roof over his head, rode off on his motorcycle when he got grew tired of a spot. Favorite place, the far-off land of Nepal. My theory is that the first instance of this wanderlust arose just before the curse, and Pinocchio used the fear about the curse as an excuse to run away seeking more adventures. Except this time, he didn't hitchhike in a whale. He found a portal to our world, and when he eventually wanted to go home, he couldn't because of the curse. As a result, he spent 28 years searching the world over for a way back. As to how he found Storybrooke and what he did to the book, no idea. But that's my explanation <laughs> of the August is Pinocchio theory. P.S. Elon, Elon Bailey, I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing that, who plays August, is 35 years old. Let's see, a 7 or 8 year, year old Pinocchio plus 28 years of the curse equals 35. Mm-hmm. Mm. So great connections there, Nick. I, that's, that's really interesting. So... It could be that August is Pinocchio and he's trying to find a way back. And that's why he's been searching the whole world. And that's why he's so excited that he got to Storybrooke. And the the book confirms what he remembers. And maybe he was looking through the book for a way back. They're pointing out in the forums uh, in our chat room. Uh, chat room right now that I forgot about this. Pinocchio is a redhead. No, he's got black hair. Does he? Yeah. In yeah. the well, in the original Disney version, right? But when we see him with Geppetto in Fairy Tale Land in the very beginning, and oh, you mean in the show he's got red hair, right? Oh. In the show, yes. Are you sure it wasn't brown? I was going to say, I think this could be open to some creative license here if we're talking about <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the in in Storybrooke, August definitely has black hair, 
And in Fairy Tale Land, I'm pretty sure he also had black hair too. And while we're talking about this, I'm skipping through the episode to try and uh, find it. So you guys keep on talking. <laughs> I was thinking August has brown hair, like really I would dark say brown. brown hair, like Jeremy shade of brown. <laughs> I would say brown. His as hair well. is colored like Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So it, it's a great theory, though. I have another theory, yeah. except that Madagascar, the movie, is not a Disney movie. Because otherwise, the lemur would be a clue yes. that August is King Julian. <laughs> that, <laughs> right, oh, my. No. <laughs> Lemurs are only found in Madagascar. Oh, okay. Huh. So Really? Yeah. Only? Yeah. Are you sure? And zoos. And zoos. <laughs> and in DreamWorks movies. Uh. <laughs> So it's it's a, a good theory. Now, looking back at the first episode, the pilot, when they're all around the round table, is the only time we have ever seen Pinocchio. You know. Well, uh, that and later in the pilot episode, because we saw Pinocchio working with his dad. And Pinocchio has reddish hair. <laughs> it's sort of it's sort brown. Of, it could be brown. He's reddish got a brown. red hat. But red-haired kids can sometimes change their hair color. He's cute. He's got freckles, too. Hmm. His, so his hair's kind of wavy, but like But you think August. he'd do something wood, you know, like take after Geppetto and, and build something, not he's necessarily... He's a writer. He's a puppet. He was made of wood. I think he's had enough wood. <laughs> he writes on sort of refined wood. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Maybe he makes his own paper. Hmm. So continuing on. I with, want him to be Rumpelstiltskin's son, so I'm going to continue <laughs> to defend this until I'm proven wrong. <laughs> continuing on with uh, Storybrooke. Granny had mentioned that business is booming. I think that's... All because of their one extra person <laughs> that came in. <laughs> was wondering the same thing. Uh, but it, Maybe they do online orders. It could be that because Emma is there and time has started moving again, people are socializing more. And Granny's Diner is a place to socialize more because obviously people aren't coming in to Storybrooke. Population is not increasing. Well, there is August and then Ashley had her baby. So population has increased by two plus Emma. So that's three minus <laughs> Sheriff Graham. So that's one. <laughs> but business is booming probably because time is moving now that Emma is there. People are like, you know. I'm going to go to Granny's for my coffee in the morning. I don't want to make it at home like I do every day anymore. Yeah. <laughs> maybe around 7.15 or maybe 7.45. <laughs> and then you think about it, like, she is doing good compared to all the other businesses there because the pet store gets, like, what? Dove, <laughs> doves and Pongo to come over? It's not a pet store. Not pet store, the vet pet, or pet, uh, pet animal hospital. It depends thing. on how often Mary Margaret goes for a walk in the woods, because honestly, she could come back with all sorts of creatures. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's this funny exchange between Ruby and Granny that uh, has... We, we tried to dig into this a little bit too much, I think, in the initial reactions. If I wanted to punish you, I'd have better reasons. For one thing, you were late. For another thing, Liza, you dressed like a drag queen during Fleet Week. And you dress like Norman Bates when he dresses like Norman Bates' mother. <laughs> I love that right after that, they shoot to August. And August is trying not to laugh because he's hearing this whole conversation. <laughs> oh, that was a great line. Uh, she called her Liza, though. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is Liza, not Eliza. Uh, but I heard Eliza. I was thinking Eliza. A lot of people have written Eliza, but it's actually Liza, Liza. is what she says. 
There have been some theories on why that is. Maybe that's her actual name. Maybe Granny was saying that sarcastically. And was it a joke? I didn't get it if it was. I think it's something with her name or maybe another nickname. Or, well, yeah, it could have been a joke. But Fleet Week, by the way, was when sailors would get uh, their ship in the Navy would dock. And then the sailors would get to go ashore And so there would be a lot of harlots out there trying to (laughs) capture the sailors. And so that's what Granny is basically saying to Red, or to Ruby, is that she's dressed like someone out there just trying to catch a sailor. And that's true. She's dressed, you know, very flirtatiously. Everyone in the chat room is saying that it was a joke referencing Liza Minnelli because of her appearance. Yeah. That's That's a little... Yeah, I know who she is, but I never would have gotten that without somebody saying it. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Um, Liza Minnelli uh, timeline, I think, actually works for this too. If if we're assuming, uh, well, I think she predates <laughs> 2007 by just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do we even know Granny's name? Because we we found out. Her name in fairy tale world, it's Widow Lucas. Yeah, last name at least, or one of her names. Well, yeah, her That's her first name her last isn't name. Widow, <laughs> <laughs> and her first name probably isn't Lucas because that's a boy's name. Yeah, I was thinking that's last name. So uh, in in storybook, no, we don't know hmm. her last name or Ruby's last name. Hmm. It would be uh, interesting to find that out at some it's point. It's Wolf. <laughs> that would be good that would be then there's the scene where speaking of wolves (laughs) the guy we thought was the big bad wolf dr whale we actually thought he was a fox (laughs) at first we thought he was a fox not to say that i think he looks good i'm just saying he had like fox like character fox like features that's funny as well as like we thought he was a pig, like one of the pigs at first. <laughs> that fits. The way he stared <laughs> down at, at uh, Ruby. That was such an awkward scene, that though. Was. Yeah, that's why I thought he was the wolf. He's hitting on her, and he recognizes that Emma is like, come on, stop it. Because when he was trying to say, I was just chatting with her. And, yeah, you maybe should go. Should She's go. like, yes, maybe you should. <laughs> not to mention Mary Margaret's there. That's not awkward at all. Mm-hmm. And Red had, or Ruby, had called him a lech. Which L-E-C-H. I thought at first she said, if I can't handle Lech, then, uh, and then she continued with her statement, then really I can't funny. handle oh, Lech. But she said, a Lech, and a Lech is an extremely lustful person, which we know that Dr. Whale is that because he, yeah. you know, we've seen when he had that date with Mary Margaret, how animal-like <laughs> anyway. and lustful he was. Anyway. <laughs> so... <laughs> appropriate title for him he's kind of a uh he's kind of worthless a kind of um except for being a doctor so people (laughs) have said all along that maybe in fairy tale land he is monstro the whale from the pinocchio story Mm -hmm. and i've always thought that is such a stretch but the longer the show goes on the longer the more i think well okay he could have been cursed and turned into a whale. And then just as Jiminy Cricket is not a cricket in Storybrooke, he could be not a whale in Storybrooke. Let's hmm. hope that doesn't reverse before they go back. It could also be another whale story, uh, the whole book, not quite just a fairy tale, 
but is Ahab and the um I was the hoping whale. you I wouldn't about say that. that. But that's so not a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. What if he was Captain Ahab? Who, He'd be really old. Who is so obsessed with his desire to kill the wolf. I mean, to kill the, <laughs> kill the whale. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Why would Disney stretch that far? What? I mean, I know they've dipped into Greek mythology, but they also did that in Disney. They yeah. never dipped into any of the, what's his name? Who wrote the classic stories? There's one over there. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's going out on a limb too far to say that they'll stick to stories that have something fanciful about them. By the way, Jeremy, who did you, what were you saying about his association of being the last name Whale before this? What was your idea? Besides Captain Ahab, you, I thought you had said something else. I don't remember having an idea. Oh, okay. I was thinking... Maybe if I did and I've said it in the podcast, somebody can remind me, but I don't remember. <laughs> I thought, like, I don't know. I thought he was the big bad wolf, and now obviously he's not. But... I'm still trying to figure out who he is and I don't like his personality, but I like Pinocchio's personality and someone I have read somewhere online where they might've thought like maybe he is Pinocchio because Mm -hmm. he got swallowed by a whale, you know, and now he's a liar because he's always like Mm -hmm. saying things. He's, he's not truthful. August on the other hand is very truthful and Emma knows he's truthful. Emma knows Dr. Whale lies (laughs) a lot. So Constantly, like when, um, you know, David was in the hospital lying, lying, lying. So he's lied continuously. So maybe he's Pinocchio. David was lying in the hospital. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe I did think he was the wolf before, but I couldn't figure out why they would give a wolf the name whale. So that was weird. Well, some have tied it together in that evolutionary theory is that um, land mammals went back into the ocean and evolved into Marine mammals like whales. Oh. Which, yeah, that's that's kind mm. of a stretch. But we got a great email in from Starry Dreamer. She said, Hey guys, love tonight's episode. It was so good. I was curious as to what you think Dr. Whale's connection to Ruby is. He seems to be fascinated with Ruby. We now know that he's not the wolf. <laughs> so why is he all over Ruby? I can't imagine. Why would he be so interested in Ruby? <laughs> no <Awesome>. offense. <laughs> well, he's the only one hitting on Ruby so much. And I think <laughs> he's the only guy they've shown in her presence yeah. who isn't otherwise attached or married. Also, why does Emma care who Ruby flirts with or hangs out with? I think because Emma is low concern about this guy is kind of like a predator. Mm, you don't want yeah. to get involved with him. Which is kind of the moral of the most of the original red riding hood stories yeah is avoiding yeah the predator in a sense yeah star dreamer continued last time i checked she's over the age of 18 and can go with whomever she wants seems like emma was putting her nose where it didn't belong i think emma was just genuinely concerned uh because she doesn't trust dr whale by the way i'm starting a drinking game every time someone says and your beverage of choice. We're not saying you should be drinking alcohol. We don't endorse alcohol on here. But we're saying that, or she said, every time someone says that Emma can tell that someone is lying, I'm taking a drink. <laughs> Starry Dreamer. So that's your little drinking game. Grab your favorite soda, juice, or glass of water or something, or whatever you choose. And anytime you hear that, take a drink. <laughs> wow. 
Oh, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. There was Starry Dreamer <laughs> that said that. They are making quite a big deal, again, out of Emma's power. So now let's talk so about bold. David looking around for something. In the woods, when Mary Margaret found him, all he said, and he said it twice, is, I'm looking. Mm-hmm. What is he looking for? I'm looking. His whole expression was just so empty. Very creepy. I was going to say, I don't think that his heart was gone at this point. I don't think that's his heart in the box. Because Graham knew his heart was taken. And he knew, and he had memories. Although, actually, his memories started coming back to him. But I think that's just because of the curse from, you know, splitting fairy tale land from Storybrooke. So I think it's something else. I think Rumpelstiltskin had something to do with it. I agree. It's my professional opinion that David does not exhibit the signs of one who has had his heart stolen by Regina. <laughs> I don't want to believe that it's Catherine's heart. I don't well, get why. I don't think it's that either. We'll talk about the heart in a moment. But talking about what David was looking for, Slurpees108 in the forums posted a message with several different screenshots as well, suggesting maybe David was... Uh, looking for maybe his heart or maybe that box. I think we're going to find out in the next couple episodes what David was looking for. But realize, and the point of Slurpee's post is that um, that David, when he got out of the hospital, went looking and he ended up at the toll bridge. Then... He's looking again out in the woods, maybe looking for something near the toll bridge again. Maybe he is looking for this box for some reason. Maybe he's looking for the shattered remains of his former life. <laughs> I, he does. He wasn't out by the by the toll bridge this time, though. Right. I don't really get why Emma said for Ruby to start looking there. Because she thought, Emma thought that maybe David was looking for something originally in his kind of unconscious state. And that's why he ended up over there. And so that's what he was maybe looking for originally. So tying this together, just like Slurpees did as well. Doxon in the chat room. Thank you, Doxon, for making me laugh. You're like, what is he looking for? And he says, bullet casings from where he killed Catherine. Terrible. (laughs) It cracked me up. I'm thinking that the other thing he could be looking for is remember Prince James's famous words in Fairytale Land. Wherever you are, I will find you. Yeah, but then he ran into her and he didn't find her and she was Literally under his nose. Maybe he didn't recognize her. Maybe he's in this torn state where he doesn't recognize any, (laughs) where he doesn't recognize anyone, (laughs) but he is looking for snow, but he doesn't really realize he's looking for Snow White. Yeah. Or, you know, the entire life. Mary Margaret, a little bit later on, said something very profound, not really profound. There's something wrong with him. He looked right through me. It's like... It's like he was a different person. Yeah, I don't think that was an accidental wording. He was fading back into himself. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. that's probably the clear 
the simplest mean, answer. Back into what himself, brought that like on? He was confused. Even Doctor Whale said it was like when he came out of his coma. He was he was half hmm. store. He was half David and half James. Or you know, yeah. How much do you think Doctor Wells knows? Doctor Whale. Oh, he knows nothing. Knows. He's just he's a lech. Regina, <laughs> you think he's just one of Regina's puppets? Yes, exactly. One of the many people that she uses. Yeah, I doubt she's even honestly still his emergency contact. He calls her no matter what because she wants him to. He did that early on. He just called her and said, you know, back when it was probably the second episode, he told Mary Margaret that he didn't really, she didn't really see anything. And then he called Regina and said, you wanted me to call you if anything changed. Mm-hmm. Then going back to the diner, when Ruby was already working for Emma, Granny says an interesting line to her. I hope you're finding what you're looking for. I am. I think that ties into how in Fairy Tale Land, Red said, that when she's looking for something or when she wants something, she's pretty good at tracking it down. When <laughs> Ruby was bragging about her job, you know, <laughs> I I help solve crime. Like she had just started. How could she say that? I think <laughs> yeah. was she just like improving the truth? Yes. Like ex- exaggerating because she like her first job was go get me a grilled cheese. <laughs> that was it and she said she was already solving crime and that was like her first job and it's which funny to me she's did you hear the conversation like the first conversation she had on there and she was talking to someone she's like oh no that's pongo just give him a vanilla wafer and he'll calm down yeah. <laughs> she was talking to miss ginger who uh, somewhere along the way we learned that miss ginger is the blind witch the witch that had her eyes sewn shut. Is Where she blind in Storybrooke? This? I, I can't remember now. But yeah, she's blind in Storybrooke. How did she know the Pongo was out there? I oh, she probably heard it. Heard. Well, I think the this call, was a theory. What Ruby, what Ruby said is, no, that's not a stalker. That's just Tri- Archie's dog, no, Pongo. No. She, <laughs> she used a different word than stalker. Did she like, say kind of like drifter, possibly. stray. Oh, okay. Okay. Huh. Yeah. It's, well, if if she was blind, if Miss Ginger is blind, then I can she see how barking seen... could sound like a stalker in the bushes. <laughs> but I cannot really see how a vanilla wafer would calm a dog down. Well, or a stalker. She just knows Congo, I guess. <laughs> I think we'll see Miss Ginger again at some point. Or for the first time. Is that the first time <laughs> Pongo was referred to as Pongo? We always just assumed he was no. Pongo? No, nope. he was called Pongo other times, too. Okay. It's yeah. Archie's dog. And when Archie has had Pongo, he said... Pongo. No, we haven't seen a lot of these <laughs> characters in a while either. So I'm excited about like the last several episodes yeah. because I think we're going to have pretty much everyone in mm-hmm. every episode. And all of them are going to be... You know, like, you know, no more vacation, guys. You actually have to come and act now and I'll be in, <laughs> in the episodes. Or they've already been... Sometimes they film multiple episodes at the same time. And so if right. a character is heavily in one episode, they won't be very much in another. Which makes the absence of Regina and Gold it's rather still, interesting. It's still killing me that we don't know what Rumpel's been up to. That's why I really think he has been doing all these things behind the scenes and has influenced David somehow. So let's spend our last amount of time talking about this box and some theories about the heart 
in the box. There's a really active forum going on over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. And by the way, these different forum threads will be in the show notes, the links to these in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 22. So you can easily catch these that we're referring to. But there is a very active uh, thread over there going, asking the question, where, well, a couple things, where do you think the box holding the heart came from? And also the question of whose heart is it really? So let's theorize with those. First, I know last time, and Jenny, you and I had some disagreements about what the box looked like. <laughs> you were right. We've never seen this box before. Oh. The box that uh, Regina, evil queen Regina, puts the hearts in, like both she tried to put Snow White's heart in and that she put the Huntsman's heart in. You mean the locker in. boxes? Yeah, those those boxes. They're a little in gold, right? Yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, smooth sides, mm-hmm. rounded top, gold, and on the front there's a heart. And it's the same kind of box that Graham's heart was in when Graham's when Graham was killed. Yeah. So same kind of box there. The box that Evil Queen used to hold her father's heart and then the heart of her prized steed was a very decorative, ornate, silver-looking box that's now in Mary Regina's desk, right? office. Yeah. Mm. This box is a wooden box with a little decoration on the top. We've never seen it before. Um. I, I thought of. I recognized it. I thought it was the box. Maybe I'm just getting it mixed up with fair with um Disney's version of Snow White. But I think I think we saw it once whenever like Graham was supposed to go kill Snow White and I thought that the evil queen gave him that box or a box that looked just like that. No, nope, um not in this at least. Graham didn't where the huntsman did not receive a box. She just said, go get the heart. I rewatched the scene. And when he comes back, he has the heart in a little satchel, similar to what Jeremy carries around. I thought I'd seen that that box (laughs) somewhere. I thought, I mean, because you you remember in uh, the original fairy tale, I mean, the original Disney version of Snow White, the queen has a gold box with a heart that has a dagger going through it on the front, right? And this box looked the same. Well, the boxes that Regina uses to put the hearts in do have a heart on the front. No, I'm not talking about the little locker boxes. I'm thinking that we've seen this box before, one one like this. In that episode, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, I thought we'd seen one just like that. I just took a look at it, and it's not the one that she puts the sheep heart in. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Right. Because um, doesn't she put it into a box... And then she takes it over to the lockers and takes it out and holds it up to the lockers and nothing happens. No, she put it in the box with the heart on it, the metal, smooth metal, kind of golden looking box. And we'll have screenshots of this in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 22. But I'm pretty sure we haven't seen this box. I'm getting my boxes mixed up. (laughs) (laughs) So now let's talk about what's in the box. A heart. (laughs) Two primary theories about whose heart it is david and Catherine. those are the top two theories as far by saying top i mean those are the most popular theories at least that we have on our forums yeah. over at once podcast I, I heard you guys talking about it last time about how you were thinking like you know the heart would be glowing and things like that <laughs> but when graham first gave the heart that he took supposedly of snow white's when it was a sheep the queen just assumed it was at first yeah 
and it wasn't glowing or anything. Yeah, so I because think the magic he was is... going to cut it out of Snow White, whereas the queen just reaches into a living person and takes it. Oh, yeah. I think it was glowing because it was alive. Exactly. That's yes. what I think. Yeah, that's probably it. I thought it was glowing just because it was magically preserved. <laughs> well, it, both. Both. <laughs> he was because... still alive. Yeah, but I don't think it has to be glowing. The dust wasn't glowing anymore when the heart and Graham were dead. Yeah. Like, I'd like to say it's David's heart, but I just think that's too easy, and they've fooled me before and things, and that's I... why I'm thinking it has something to do with uh, with Rumple that we haven't seen, and it's behind the scenes. I think it's actually too easy for it to be Catherine's as well, and I don't think she's out of the show. I could be wrong. I mean, they, she could turn up dead. Here's another theory that, in the forums, Jonathan Morgan shared this. He said, I want to go with Belle's heart. To tie her back into the story, maybe somewhere going along with my Sleeping Beauty theory, which he's shared elsewhere, she had, she, uh, I guess meaning Evil Queen, had Belle under her control before the curse. We have to remember the whole, the heart is still whole, so they are still alive. If any, if anything happens to it, uh-oh. I'm, uh, I don't want to think that. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to give on this one. They're going to be doing some tests on this heart if regina only had to squeeze graham's heart to control him i think the tests are gonna hurt whoever's <laughs> living mention that a little bit in the chat room they're thinking that maybe it's rumple's heart nope nah and someone even <laughs> Sorry, suggested <guys. laughs> someone even suggested that maybe it's henry's heart no. i don't think it's i don't I don't want to think it's Catherine's or David's heart. Or Henry's or Rumpel's. If it was Henry's, it would have looked smaller and Emma would have been like... <laughs> this is a child's yeah, heart. exactly. I think, that's, I think that's another unanswered question along with why David was wandering aimlessly mm-hmm. through the forest looking very confused. She's, she's going... Regina collects hearts dead or alive. She was going to take Snow's dead heart, and I'm sure she probably had some in that underground vault, and she probably considered one expendable and worth the cost of framing. <gasps> maybe maybe Mr. Gold was digging in the woods because he was looking for Regina's hidden room with all those hearts. Or... Or like we theorized in our initial reactions, maybe he found that room and he's burying her yeah, hearts. Yeah, scattered. <laughs> I really like that theory because I Strange. love. I would love to see Regina get shocked like that, like surprised. <laughs> I think we're going to be surprised by whose heart it is. I think so too. They're, I think they're leading us on to think it's either David or Catherine's heart. I don't want to think that. That seems too easy. By the way, I just thought it was pretty funny. I can see like Regina going to her other witch friends and be like, you wouldn't believe what happened today. Someone stole all my hearts and buried them. (laughs) (laughs) And Riddle Raven in the chat room pointed out the heart box was buried recently. Because that was fresh. Poorly buried too, like they wanted. Like, hey, look, there's a giant board on top. Yeah. By Regina. I'm going to say by Regina. And did have we talked yet? I can't remember if we talked in the initial reaction about where the fingerprints came from. Well, there were Mary Margaret's. No, we didn't talk too well, much we about that. that. <laughs> so are they really Mary Margaret's or, or Snow White's? Snow White's, yeah. Oh. Maybe, and this is another theory in the forums, is maybe this box belonged to Snow White. And was left behind in the castle when Snow White mm. ran away. Or in some way, this box belongs to Snow White. And that's why Mary Margaret's fingerprints are on it. Well, 
we'll need to look at the box again and see if it's actually something that looks like Snow White would own. I could see it. I think there's a good like chance, a on it. if that's the case, that sometime in the next couple of weeks we'll see, in Fairy Tale Land, we'll see Snow White with the box. I th- I think this is probably the first time we've seen the box, but we're going to see it again. They're going to conclude this aspect of the story in a future episode. Maybe the next one, maybe in a couple episodes. I know there's an episode with the name, with the word heart in the title coming up. I think it might be the next episode. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it it'll probably have something to do with this. And uh, I haven't seen any spoilers for that. Spoilers... By the way, we define spoilers as anything definitely known about a future episode besides its title. So cast, even the trailers or previews that they play right after an episode, we consider those spoilers. So, I thought we I thought we discussed this and the titles were also spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah, we might, yeah, that's right. We might be changing that. <laughs> so maybe here, here's the thing I'm thinking, though, if Regina planted it. Why would she plant it there? It was so it was such a shallow hole. Whoever put it there was just asking for it to be found. And there was it, a convenient piece of wood on top of it too. <laughs> she would do it that way because it points to exactly she would hope that it would point to exactly what it did. That David in this stupor, like when he came out of the coma, sort of wandered without knowing what he was doing, apparently after placing this heart that he carefully removed into a box and buried it at the toll bridge, which is where he went, as Emma put it the last time, he went on a dream walk. That's why they looked there in the first place. Here's a theory. Maybe Regina is just planting evidence to convict um, either Mary Margaret. Well, it looks like she's, if, if it is evidence, it would be against Mary Margaret because Mary Margaret's prince and Prints are all mm. over the box, and maybe she it's just another device to separate David and Mary Margaret. That is a funny thing. Like, what are they going to say? Yeah, Mary Margaret did the killing, but David, and that traumatized David, and so he went into this stupor, and then he tried to hide the evidence so no one would know, but he didn't remember doing it. In our chat room, Bookworm1102 said, did Regina know they found David at the toll bridge? Yeah. Did she? She knows everything. Probably. If she wasn't there, she heard about it. (laughs) Yeah, probably. By the way, I I can't remember if we said this before, but we do these podcasts live every Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You're welcome to join us as we do an in-depth review of the episode. Or if an episode hasn't aired, we do a feedback episode, cover some of the general theories and awesome conversations that have been going on in the forums And on Sunday evenings, when the episode airs, we have a chat room going during the live airing in Eastern and Central Time, since that's airing at the same time, over at noodle.mx slash live. And then about half an hour after the episode finishes, we record our initial reactions live. So you can join us for that live on Sunday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or Wednesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We also have the forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums, where there are so many great conversations going on over there. 
about this episode, about past episodes, and theorizing about future episodes, even some spoiler sections that you can check out if you are into spoilers. But go check that out over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. We'd love to hear your feedback for the podcast. Send that to feedback at oncepodcast.com or go to oncepodcast.com and click the send a voice message tab and link on the site. And you can also call in to our listener feedback line 903-231-2221 and leave a voicemail there. And especially keep our feedback information handy after you watch this Sunday's episode so you can send us your theories and ideas and initial reactions after you see that episode and that way we can try and incorporate it into the following full discussion that Wednesday. Now you can follow each of us on Twitter and follow the whole podcast on Twitter as Once Podcast and we've got a cast and crew Twitter list there that you can follow and you can follow me. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter as The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me on Twitter as Phlegon, P-H-L-E-G-O-N. I'm Dan Flynn. You can follow me at Twitter at Dan Flynn Design. And I'm Jenny. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash Jenny's Nook. So just remember that we love that you listen to this podcast, but also you should be out there having adventures with lemurs. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our great podcasts like this one at noodle.mx.